Did you know there was a free five-part podcast series all about classroom management? In this series, learn how I went from using traditional classroom management strategies without a lot of success to becoming a behavior detective. Discover how I help children with root cause of their behavior issues instead of just addressing the behavior itself. If you want to take a listen to this new series, just check the show notes. You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. Thank you for joining me. We are on episode 32, and we're talking all about ideas for preschool classroom jobs. In our classroom, our job system is set up so that a child has a job every single day, and they have a different job every single day. And if that kind of makes you cringe or go, oh my gosh, I could never do that, please hear me out because it's not as hard as it sounds. I love the idea of using jobs to make kids feel special and making our classroom feel more community-like using jobs. And for us, having preschool classroom jobs is not just about children helping out in class. There's so much more to it. It's that cultivation of classroom community and also knowing that you are an important part of our classroom. You fill a job, you fill a need within our classroom. Also makes children feel so valuable. We also use our jobs to work on skill building. So not only are we hitting that classroom community, that bringing children in and making them feel unique, we're also working on skill building. So I call that a win-win for classroom jobs. So today I wanted to share with you different types of classroom jobs that we have and the different role and purpose for them that they fill within our classroom. Each job assigned is carried out at some point during our classroom day. Some jobs are done during circle time, others during transition times, and some are done at the end of the day. Also, some classroom jobs get changed out throughout the year. So what are these classroom jobs? Let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to start with some pretty traditional jobs, and then we'll move towards more skill-based jobs, and maybe jobs that you haven't heard of before. So door holder, as simple as it sounds, the door holder's job is to hold the door for the class when going outside or maybe to a different part in the building. I love that this job also can teach kindness and manners because we can tell the door holder thank you as we walk through. Also, the light helper, teaching children to conserve energy is important, and so the light helper is in charge of turning off lights when we leave the room. The line leader, this is the um, most coveted spot on the preschool job wall because being in the front of a line as a child is a thrill. But it also teaches the responsibility of ensuring that the class is following and that we're keeping everyone together. With that line leader, I also like to implement a caboose. Being the last person in line is not (laughs) what many children want to do. So it's important that everyone takes a turn to be last And again, I can teach that responsibility of you are making sure that all of us are together. You're the caboose, you're rounding everyone out. Because honestly, you can't always be the first one. 
So why not take turns being the last one as well? Snack helper. If you have a morning snack like we do, a snack helper can be extra help. So you can kind of decide what this might look like, um, giving out napkins or cups or actually passing out snack, depending on kind of what your rules and regulations are. To go with that, a cleaner or table washer. After snack or lunch, there's always a mess and the table can't be used by students until it's clean. So the table washers can help spray the table with water and wipe it down. Another pretty traditional job is the materials helper. So if you have an activity or a game or a song where everyone needs materials, adding a materials helper job is a great way to just get some help passing out materials. And that is their job for the day. Other types of some common jobs that you might find useful in your classroom are attendance helper. You can have a pocket chart set up where, you know, they, you have all the pictures of the kids in the class and their name, and they can flip a card from red or green based on who's here today. Um, A gardener, if you have some plants in your classroom, they can help water the plants. If you have a pet, a class pet, you could have a pet vet who feeds and checks on that class, class pet. You could have a floor sweeper. Um, this one's fun, especially using these smaller little kid sized brooms so they can help tidy up a block area helper. So maybe they're the ones that organize all the blocks. Librarian, they tidy up the book area when everyone's finished, making sure the books are being taken care of just like a librarian would. And we also use a kindness counter. So they keep track of when kind things are said and done. And a prayer leader or a recess helper. So you could have a prayer leader who leads us in prayer if you are in a faith-based setting, or a recess helper who helps bring recess equipment outside. We have recess backpacks that have band-aids and Kleenex and gloves and um, ice packs and things like that in them in case we were to need them while we're outside. And so I have a helper that will bring this outside for me as well. So those are more of the traditional type of jobs. And I know it seems like a lot and we will go through how to kind of decide what jobs to choose, what jobs to keep year round and what jobs to kind of cycle through and change out. But but before we do that, I want to talk about circle time helpers first. So these are the jobs that we incorporate during our circle time. The first one that I keep on the job chart all year long is called the greeter. The greeter's job is a good way to develop a sense of community. So basically what they do is the greeter wears a special apron. And on that apron, it's a child size apron. I just got it from the Dollar Tree. I think it said gardener on it or something like that. And there are pictures on this apron of how you can be greeted. So with trying to keep germs down, we do things like a happy dance or a wave or um, a fist bump or a high five or an elbow bump. There's multiple different options. So I basically just put some Velcro dots on this little apron and there's about five of them. And then at the beginning of the year, I only give them like two or three choices of how they would like to be greeted. So I might put up a wave, I might put up a say hello, and I might put up a fist bump or something. And so the greeter wears this apron and they go around the circle time rug while everyone else is sitting and they ask them how they want to be greeted. And so that person chooses the way they wanted to be greeted and the greeter greets them that way. 
I keep this up all year round and I just change out the greetings on the apron. I really, really love this job. It really kind of sets us up on a great foot to our circle time, to our group time together, creating that community and making sure that everybody at that carpet has been seen, seen, noticed, and greeted. Another job that I mainly use at the beginning of the year and then it gets changed out is called the well-wisher. And the well-wisher uses a wand to wish everyone on the rug to have a good day. They wave the wand above each student's head and they wish them a good day. So they might say, have a good day, Sam. Have a good day, Rocco. Things like that as they're going around. This is great for the end of the year because it helps everyone feel included and it's helping them learn each other's names. So obviously I'm there to help if they aren't sure in a name and um, I just kind of help them go through that. The wand that I use, I just created a wand. I took just a dowel rod and I painted it. I put some cute paper around it, Mod Podge it, put one of those eye hooks in the top and tied on some ribbon. And they think it's so cool. We've got one for several different holidays. And so they just use this wand and go around the circle time and greet everyone. So love to do that at the beginning of the year. And then we change it out later. Another one that we keep year round, though, is the weather watcher. So the weather watcher's job is to check the weather outside and report with the type of weather we're having that day. We like to go one step further and have the weather watcher graph that type of weather on a monthly graph so we can make comparisons and we can really start to use some of those great comparison words when we're talking about numbers. More, less, you know, two more, one more. Oh no, we've had no sunny days or no rainy days, things like that. Another job that is kept on the board all year long is the calendar helper. So yes, we still have a traditional calendar that we use. And if you're interested in why we still use a traditional calendar and you want to learn more about why I made that decision for my classroom, you can find a link to a blog post that I wrote about it in the show notes. But for the calendar helper, that child gets to use a pointer and we all count. So I don't put up all my numbers on the calendar. I only put up all my numbers before the day that it currently is. So if it's the 10th, I have numbers one through nine up, nothing past nine. And so we go through and we count and sometimes we'll jump when we count. Sometimes we'll clap when we count. Sometimes we'll count like big giants and other times we'll count like little bitty mice We're really just working on that one-to-one correspondence, that counting aloud as that child is counting. And then the pointer, the person who is the calendar helper, also gets some practice in left to right, moving from left to right, and return sweep. So also, our calendar cards are patterning. Not only do we figure out what number comes next on the calendar, we figure out what the next object is in the pattern. This is such an easy way to teach patterns that I've rarely ever had to do small groups or anything else because they get it based on this activity. So we do use calendar, we do go through and the calendar helper does point to each number and then they get to put the number in the pocket charts. We have a calendar pocket chart, which I find just the easiest to use. And so they get to put that in there as well. Another helper that we implement during circle time is the estimation helper. Now we do not do this job until the very end of the year. But what happens is I fill a clear tub with a certain amount of items. I don't go over 20. And the estimation helper goes around the classroom during free play time, 
right before we have circle time. And they show the estimation jar to everyone. And each student tries to guess how many items are in the jar. The estimation helper can write that number down. Sometimes they need my assistance. And at circle time, we review the guesses. And then the estimation helper counts the items so we can see who was the closest. This does not always happen every year. It kind of depends on where my students are, how many I have that are ready for this higher level thinking. And then we also use a number line that we have on our circle time board to really help visualize this. So a lot of times I will put the guesses on post-it notes and then I stick that post-it note on the numeral on the number line. And then I have a post-it note with a star that will signify how many objects there were. So if there were 10 objects, I would put that star post-it on the 10, and then we would see who was closest. Again, this isn't something I'm able to do every single year. It really just depends on kind of how we, where we are as a class. But I keep this job up until everyone has had a turn being the estimation helper, and then we're done with it. We, we get something new. The news reporter job is one that we usually do mid to late year. And I do like to make sure I do this one every year because the news reporter gets to report to the class using a microphone, which is so fun, what he or she has been doing. And I write that news word for word up on a piece of paper. So I use this as a modeled writing exercise and we can later read it back or we can use the writing to find different letters or find spaces or find, you know, periods, things like that. I don't go deep into this, but every once in a while, if we have just a little extra time, I will share the pen and let them kind of come up, maybe find a letter that's in their name, something like that. But I love this because I am able to model what is said. So we are teaching, writing is basically just what someone else has said or is thinking. And so usually I start out with my microphone and I say, beep, 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 this just in, a news report from, and then I say the student's name. What have you been up to lately? And then I let them talk into the microphone and, you know, sometimes it's rambling. And so sometimes we'll kind of condense or kind of reframe. I like to play outside with my sister or I played outside with my sister. And so I talk them through each one of those. So I talk about, okay, I'm going to make a space here. Oh no, I ran out of room on my paper. I got to come over here. So I'm just talking aloud as I'm doing it and modeling that for them. Usually I only do about two sentences and then I put by and we talk about, you know, the author because the author really is, even though I was writing it with my hand, the author is the person who was telling us the words. And so they write their name after by on the line. And then I like to display these because they are very, very unique to them, very personal to them, and they absolutely love this job. And I love the amazing skills that I can teach within it. Another great job for circle time that we do mid-year is called the survey taker. And the survey taker uses a class survey on a clipboard. And with the help from a teacher, he or she asks each individual student the question. And so the survey taker records the responses on the class survey. 
And then the survey taker also presents the results at circle time and we talk about them together. We analyze them together. So obviously there's a ton of skills tucked in here. So instead of using question of the day, I like to use survey taker. And I actually have written a whole blog post about this and I will put the link at the show notes. But the main reason is, is because we're having to have that one-on-one contact with each other. So they're working on coming up to another child asking a question, hearing the answer, recording the data, then with my help tallying up that data, and then at circle time, standing in front of everyone and presenting that data. That's some seriously good skills in there just by using a survey taker instead of a question of the day type of chart. And so our surveys look different. There's some with just two questions. There's some with three questions or three um options, excuse me, not questions. So we have one question. There's some with two option answers, three option answers, and four option answers. So obviously we start with the easiest yes, no questions, and then we can kind of move and build on those. I like to actually do the survey taker job two different times. So we'll do one cycle of it with more like winter themes and we'll make sure everyone gets a turn. And then I change it to a new job. And then a little bit later, in the spring, we'll do it again. And so they get another whole round of it. And this is where I can start using those um, more answer options with them. This is a great one because we are really working on that data collection and analyzing the data as a group, but also having those individual pieces that really add value. All right, that brings us to our last circle time job. And this one is a student favorite. It's the mystery bag helper. It's a spinoff of show and tell. So when it's a child's turn to be the mystery bag and have that job, he or she takes home a small bag with a parent note. So the family's asked to have the child choose one thing to share, but it has to be able to fit in the bag. Then they're asked to help their child write three clues about what's inside so that the rest of the class can guess. So once the mystery bag comes back to school, that student during circle time holds the bag while I read the clues and together we guess what might be inside the mystery bag. As you can imagine, this holds so much more power than just show and tell. Not only is that child still able to to bring something in that they can share about and show, but they're doing it in a way where we are having to use some very big, deeper level thinking skills to figure out what's in that bag. Because many times I will give them one clue and they will think one thing and I'll give them another clue and they will think a different thing. But because of the first clue, that can't be true. And so those three clues really are what make this a great activity to do with children. And If you are worried about maybe like a cloth bag or something coming back, I've also used some paper bags in the past and just stapled it on because if they don't bring it back, they don't bring it back. But I usually like to give parents a heads up that this is coming. Usually doesn't take them very long, um, but it adds a ton of value for our basically show and tell, but it's a mystery bag helper. All right. That's a lot of jobs. So if you're thinking, how in the world do you implement all of those jobs? Here's the short answer. I don't. I really have to go off of how many children I have in my classroom, which jobs I want to be there all year long, and which are non-negotiables for changing out throughout the year. And when might I want to do that? 
So a lot of those circle time jobs are non-negotiable for me. We do them every year. It's I found them very helpful and full of value. So I make sure that those are on the schedule somehow, if not multiple times. Then I can add some of those traditional jobs as fillers where need be. And when I notice that things are just kind of getting stale with that job, I can just add in another one. So for example, many times when we have that well-wisher at the beginning of the year, I notice it's kind of getting stale or we've went through everyone and they've gotten a chance to, to do it. I'll take that out and I'll put in something like the librarian so we can make sure that our books are being taken care of. And then Obviously, I can bring in and out my circle time jobs whenever I feel it's necessary because some of them, as we talked about, lend much better to mid and year than some of the others. So really just deciding how many students you have, which jobs are non-negotiable, they've got to stay all year, and which jobs can be swapped out and when is really how you're going to be able to decide what jobs to use. Now, as far as keeping this organized for the day-to-day use, I use a pocket chart, just a simple pocket chart. And I have icons for each job. So it says the job name, but it also has a picture so that children are able to start learning them. I have cards that I write children's names on. I just keep it pretty simple. And so I have two columns of the icons going down this pocket chart. And then I have the student names on cards next to each job. And then at the end of the day or at the beginning of the next day, I take the name out from the bottom right and I move everybody down one and take that one that was from the bottom and put them up at the top. And so it's interesting to watch because children will go, oh, I know what I'm going to be tomorrow or whenever we come back to school because they have learned how it works. There's also other ways to do it. You can track them with a library pocket and popsicle sticks with names on them. So maybe your library pockets have icons on them and you put that student's um, popsicle stick in each library pocket. I just have found that using that pocket chart is super easy because I can tr- I can easily control how many jobs are on the board <laughs> if a student leaves I can just take it off. If a student's not there, I could just take it off. It's not hard. It's just in and out. So that is the way that I found is the easiest. It's just by using those job icons and using name strips. Pretty simple. So I hope I have shown you a way to make every student having a job every day not so overwhelming because it really, really creates this great sense of community There's great skill building going along in there and building those student relationships. So it's why I take the time to implement them because I do feel that they hold such great value. If you are looking for all these jobs kind of in one place listed out, I have a blog post for you and I will link that in the show notes. I will also link those other blog posts I talked about in the show notes as well. And if you're looking for a done for you option for classroom jobs, with the icons and the supporting printables that you may need for those jobs and a guide of how to implement them. I have that as well. So you can check all of that out at the link in the show notes at www.lovelycommotion.com slash episode 32. Thank you all for listening. I know this was kind of a long one, but I hope you found it helpful and I will talk to you next week. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.